Welcome to the Self-Care with Gracie podcast, where we'll talk about self-care practices that really work, the self-awareness that helps you to become your own best friend, and how all of that adds up to having really good self-esteem and enjoying your beautiful life. Hi, this is Gracie with Beautiful Life Self-Care, and um, this is the inaugural conversation of uh, the podcast, uh, Self-Care with Gracie podcast, and I am bringing on somebody today who's like incredibly special to me, um, someone I met when I was uh, 16 years old, or maybe 15 years old, and she's my, my good friend, Lindsay Tettleson. Um, who is, is out of Austin, Texas today. And um, we met when I, we were both in high school. And, and it's funny because I, I, like, think about, like, you know, like, you know, maybe meeting romantic partners where you have that sort of, like, soulmate feeling or, you, you know, I, I never felt that very strongly with anybody. But when I met Lindsay, it was, like, a definite, like, across the room, like, who is that girl? Like, I want to get to know her better. And I remember just, like, wanting to know everything about her. And, and even though we've, like, barely ever lived in the same location um, in this world, we've just always stayed really in touch. And, um, and the conversation that we have and the way that we relate to each other, is, it's, it's really what I look at as being just, like, what, what is possible for women in terms of, like, how to be truly supported and how to be seen for your best self and how to, how to support someone else's growth. And um, I think this is really important because so often as women, we can kind of work against each other, um, feeling like somebody else's success takes away from our own or that, um, you know, feeling like those less than feelings. And, and I, I definitely do have felt those and do feel those feelings in relationships, but I'd say my relationship with Lindsay is very special in that way. And um, she's a mama to two beautiful kids. I'll let her talk more about them later. Um, and just a, a very spiritually open and creative soul. And, um, and we've been, um, she's been taking the 10-week course that, uh, that I do for groups of women doing the group coaching. And just within this 10-week course, I, I feel like so much has opened up for both of us um, in terms of our own spiritual process. And, and what we've been realizing is that what, how it opens up isn't necessarily like these fixed realizations um, individually, but more it's about the, the conversation that we have and, and what opens up in conversation. One of my favorite podcasts is On Being, and it's this uh, goddess, Krista Tippett, who like interviews these great people, and, and they're, they're definitely brilliant people, but I, I feel like the, the space of the conversation is really what feels so moving to me and, and changeable in the conversation. So Lindsay and I have been talking a lot about um, – what it means to be uh, a woman right now, what it means to like really embrace our desire, what it means to, to create space and let go and, and be okay with like facing the shadows in ourselves and be okay with uh, disappointing other people and, and how this is all helping us move forward. So we, we thought it would be really um, nice to share it out and see how it goes. Uh, so this will be a little bit organic as, as everything is in this world. Um, but I'm really excited to introduce Lindsay and to, to open up the conversation. So I hope it's helpful to everybody. So hi, Lindsay. Hi, Gracie. <laughs> wow, I just got hit with um, – thank you so much for that like beautiful grounding intro. And then I just got hit with this huge feeling of overwhelm of like, how are we going to tackle this all, um, which is 
just as you so eloquently said, so amazing about conversation is they really provide a grounding point. Like you can get so lost in your own head, and then when you talk to someone else, they can just be this beautiful grounding center for investigative thinking and feeling, especially when you know when you've been so fortunate to know someone for what half our lives. <clears throat> Yes, Incredible. and see each other go through a lot of experiences. Yes, yes, yes. And we can always be that, like, beautiful, grounding, loving, compassionate light for one another where when we're spiraling out, we can just say, like, that's not really true. Or, like, yes, you're totally capable of that. Go for it. You've got this, um, which it's so much easier to do for somebody else. <laughs> Completely, yeah, and it, it's always been that way. Like when you you come to me, like I'm struggling with something. It's it's like it takes me a moment to be like, oh, Lindsay's a human being too. Like I just assume you have it all together. Like okay, and then and then in that, like it it gives me permission that like, oh, I'm allowed to struggle too. Like we can be amazing yeah. beings and strong women, and we can still you know have our shadows. Yes, yes, and then here we are, like Brene Brown, which we talk a lot about of like in that vulnerability, and I can feel it opening up already, is like when we have a shell, which we present, and then when a person, another person can know what's underneath that shell, that's where, like, the magic happens. That shell is so rigid. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, and just a little background on Brene Brown for, I'm like, how does someone not know about Brene Brown, but they're, you know, that everybody reads all the books that I read. Um, it, she's the social researcher who found that um, that even though we all experience like deep feelings of of shame and unworthiness, which is even like hard to just say that out loud, like shame and unworthiness, that we all experience mm-hmm. those. Mm-hmm. Um, certain people seem to be better at dealing with it than others, and and she found in her research that it was the people that really. It, when they felt those feelings, they stepped forward into connection and, and telling the truth and, and admitting them and creating actually like relationships around being honest. And um, that those people, she called them wholehearted people. And um, and it's cool in her research because she's like realized in her research, looking at the results that she was not one of those people. And she actually had to like put her research away for a year until she got a good therapist and like dealt with some of like the rigidity around you know, being honest and, and really opening up. But wh- why do you think it's it's so scary to, like, open in those moments? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, God, well, here we are at fear. It's like fear of being unworthy. It's like you don't want to tell someone that you feel unworthy. Yeah, there's a lot in there. But I, it's... You know, I guess the thing that comes up for me is, like, on the one hand, when I'm in these places of, like, in my own thoughts, you know, you'll get these beautiful downloads of, like, oh, it's all love, it's all faith, and that feels totally possible in moments. And then it's, like, the next minute I'm in the kitchen with my kids who are screaming and my house is a mess, and it's, like, feeling this rage. And... And it's interesting because that brings up the two different, you know, centers of the chakras, like the upper chakras and the lower chakras. And when you're able to get into that vulnerable space with someone else and really open your heart, you're able to connect the two. And that's like your, she calls it wholehearted living, and I would call it like, I don't know, whole, yeah, whole, whole everything, like body, heart, and this like beautiful soul. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, and just and just uh, for uh, for those who don't know about the chakra system, it's it's, it's basically these like energetic points in our body that we talk a lot about, like in yoga, and um and the the lower points are the ones that are are more concerned with like how we are in the world, with like our our sense of security and our sense of like personal fulfillment and our our like self esteem and all of that, like our kind of individual us. And then the upper points, more like the throat and the, the third eye and the, the crown of the head, those those are more associated with like spiritual opening, where we are going into more of like a like the yoga of like deep deep state of connection to all that is. Um, and and it's interesting that you say that because I've always considered the heart to be like the bridge between the lower yeah, and the upper. It's the portal, like it's like exactly. It's totally the portal. Yeah, and I have a lot of thoughts about this, about motherhood and how it really opens that portal. Um, yeah, it's this beautiful portal. And I think the reason why it's so hard to get into it is because it's tender. Like Pima Chodron said, it's this beautiful, tender place, and we have to feel really safe. You can't just – I mean, I'm actually guilty of a lot of times trying to open it up because it's such a beautiful, safe – I'm even feeling it now – of just like this calming – being held feeling. And so I want to get there with people. And a lot of times people want to get there too soon. Um, and like, you know, you can get, try and get there too soon in like sexual relationships. Or for me, like a lot of times I'll get too intimate in conversation and then it feels really wrong and tough and exposed. So it's like, I think part of the reason why it's so hard to get there is because you have to be safe and the other person that you're sharing with has to be worthy. Mm, that's big, right? The, mm-hmm. the, the the really choosing who we choose to like open with. Mhm. Mhm. How do you, how do you know when you're safe? That's like the question. I'm like, well, it's like there there are times where like I'm definitely feeling a connection with somebody, but then it's like, and then I bring something up, and and maybe this is the indicator. Is like I'll I'll there was somebody I was dating before. And I was feeling like, oh, there's a good connection. I felt, felt comfortable and safe. And then I did bring up something kind of personal, and I got sh- I got shame feeling. Like he didn't say anything mm-hmm. even about it, but it, I just that was the feeling that came up in me. And now, kind of looking back, like it didn't work out with that person. And looking back, I'm like, it actually, even though one part of my brain was telling me it was a safe space, once I started to open my heart, my heart told me it wasn't a safe space because I did feel those like I felt like increased shame rather than like diminished shame through connection. Right. Yeah. It's that subtle, it's like the vibrational body of like trusting your emotional body and your emotional body knows. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Being able to check in with yourself, always having that second of like, oh wait, this isn't safe. And then, oh my gosh, here we are at that feeling of turbulence of like, and now can I be okay with pulling back even though it might hurt the person? <sighs> like this happened recently <laughs> with me. Yeah, go ahead, yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, oh, my God, disappointing somebody else. Just, like, yeah. laughing at it because I feel like I frame my whole life around it, not disappointing other people. Like, I'll make myself yep. so uncomfortable rather than make somebody else uncomfortable. Right? And this is where what happened with you. It's like, okay, it's time for me to go now. Or it's, it's okay for me to just stop talking <laughs> and walk out the door or just be here in this uncomfortableness. I don't have to you know, do a song and dance to try and make you feel okay with this. And then eventually yeah. we'll get to the point where we can, you know, not even have to, like, walk down that way. But right now as human beings, we can just 
be okay with that uncomfortableness. And I can say that. Of course, I can't do It's very hard to do <laughs> for me. <sighs> well, it is, it, that's the thing. It's like we can talk about being empowered. And I, and I, think, I think that's sort of the, the beauty of what, um, what feminism has done in, in this past, you know, 100 years, especially, of just, like, really giving us this, like, tangible ways that, like, we can vote, you know. We, like, have a lot more positions of power in the workplace, and we can, we can build our friends up. But then it's, like, it's always that place where, like, knowledge and, and practice need to come together. And maybe this is sort of, it's sort of, like, the knowledge is the headiness, like, the upper chakras, and then, like, uh-huh. The practice is the lower chakras of, like, actually in this world, like, how do you put that knowledge to use? And, like, that's where the heart space comes so important that we have to listen to our heart is, like, and I don't think, I think that can sound trite, but I don't think it is. That, like, you, like your heart knows where's the safe space to, like, be your most authentic self and, and, and to ha- where to gain traction in that. Because it's, like, it's the first time you, you try, you know, opening up into vulnerability mm-hmm. And you choose someone who makes you feel increased shame. Like, what are, like, you're not going to want to do that again. Right? Yeah. Yeah, because you have to, we have to protect that tender part of ourselves. Yeah. And this is why, like, the posture of so many people, you know, in the world, you know, myself included, they're, like, walking around protecting their heart with, like, slumped shoulders, sunken heads. Yeah, and and just all of their like crabbiness too. Yeah, yeah it's like the, the people you see who are just like like this guy I was walking Poncho this morning. He was just like a little crab on the street, and I, like my first instinct was like I'm so hurt by that guy. Not as I was like in an open state, you know, just looking feeling mm-hmm. very present, and then I was like kind of walked away like oh my god, that guy needed love, you know, like not that I was the person to give it to him, but like right. that was like obviously what was playing out. It had nothing to do with with us. It's like the people that we go to that can't receive us are, you know, because they're not in touch with that in themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a, a huge other point of, like, it's not our job to love everyone. Like, we have to protect that tender spot in ourselves. And then sometimes I even use my guilt stuff of, like, I even feel guilty for being able to get into my heart. Like, you want to give it so badly. And that's part of why I want to, like, get so intimate with people so quickly. It's like, you want to give them that love. I think that's maybe, like, a sign that, like, that we're, that we're healers. You know, the people that, that we feel that we see someone suffering and we want to help them. That's, like, a beautiful thing. Yeah. Um, but then it's like, when we're not when we're not taking care of ourselves, like, are we really able to give them anything? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I know we talk a lot about this as women um, coming into this new space and age of really coming into this power of being these nurturers and these healers, but also being able to ask for what we need. Um, in order to support ourselves so that we can be more expansive and it can be very uncomfortable. Yeah, and, for, and, and Susie said that, I'm like, for so many of us, it's like, well, what do we even need? You know, like, we're so... Yeah, like, right? I need, I need your love more than anything, you know? And then once we take yeah. that off the table of like, okay, maybe I don't need you to love me to be a whole human being. So then there's the vulnerability of that space of like, well, what, what is it if it's not, you know, if it's not like 
being perfectly thin and having the awesome relationship and getting the promotion, which I, I think right. a lot of us are waking up that like that's that's not really like you get a lot of that stuff and it's not really making us happy. So like, no. what is it? And that's where the vulnerability really opens up of like, well, what what do I really desire? Like, what is it in me? Yes. Yeah. And this is the huge cornerstone of like desire. And the first and foremost is just like acknowledging that we are capable and worthy of desire and then not getting, which I'm still right there, is like getting sucked into that shame hole of like, who are you to desire? <laughs> just be happy with like a crust of bread. <laughs> yes, yes. And so in the desire, it's so programmed. Like, It's so programmed, yeah, right? I think we can all remember voices. I mean, I can hear them so clearly and see them still of, like, you know, people, like, shaming their children for desire. And, boy, when they come out, once they can use their words and once they're getting into their, like, power chakra, boy, they desire so much. Um, And it's hard to be around all that desiring and wanting, um, with no, your kids, you, 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 that comes up? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All the time. I mean, yeah. I want this, I want this, I want this, and then I want that, 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 and then I want that. <laughs> which is so fun. And I, I've actually done a lot of work around this, and it, which I'm so grateful for. Um, one of my amazing teachers, Carrie Conti, had a whole workshop on this. And when they're saying that they want all that stuff, I don't have to hear it as, like, I have to get you that, or I'm bad if I don't get you that. A lot of times we just play with it. Like, what did you want yesterday? Like a scuba gear or to go a cat, a dog, big box of cookies, you know, all these things. And a lot of times I just say, like, yeah, yeah, that would be so fun. Um, is, and, you know, is that enough of, for her? Like, when you say that to her, does she totally. get, is she okay with that? Yes, yes. She really is. I mean, honestly, a lot of times she just doesn't, um, she doesn't really follow through. There's a couple of things that she'll really follow through on, and then it's like we can normally get them for her. Um, and then sometimes it's just like her sowing the seals. Like I'm sure at some point in her life she could have a cat. Yes, that is doable. It sounds so doable <laughs> that she could get a cat at some point. Yeah, yeah. So just getting her like in the desire um, – in the desire mindset, that's been so huge for me to see of, like, she's not bad for wanting these things. And who knows? They might happen. It's not my job to give her everything that she wants, like, immediately. Mm. I, I um, working with one of my teachers, um, Cindy Lou Golan, who's amazing, and, and she was, you know, I, a lot of the work that we were doing together, it was, like, I, I realized, like, how bad I felt about like wanting or needing things you know in relationships or just feeling like I've always had the story of like being too needy that like I'll I'll need too much and and she really challenged me on that as like well what's needy about it and I I realized like the things I wanted were not not needy things at all they were like you know time and attention and patience and these things that like are human rights like everyone should have these things Um, and and she broke it down in this way that I thought was so cool that, like, that the, the, the desiring, it's really, like, the sacred feminine that to, like, to just want and, and to, like, not even 
worry about how to make it happen, but just to be in that place of, like, total wanting. Um, and that the sacred masculine is completion, is it's, it's mm-hmm. that ability to, like, come in and, like, make something actually happen. And that the two of them, they can just be this dance. So, like, and, and, you know, we all play these different roles. We can embody more of the masculine or more of the feminine, but just feeling these, like, prim- primordial energies, really, and that she said is what what the like sacred feminine, what that total vulnerability, what the desire is, is like total vulnerability. Where you're like, I don't know how this is gonna happen. I don't I don't have to even worry about it. But I'm just like so open and like wanting in this moment, and um, and how that is like like the what attracts male to female, and what females get attracted to is this feeling of like oh, and then and then when the time is right, there can be completion. We can make plans, and we can like actually see mm. some of the stuff come to fruition. But what I yeah. hear in all that, too, is it's, like, we've been in such a masculine paradigm of, like, right. everything right. that has to happen has to be tangible and checked off of a list. No. Like, we're, mm-hmm. we're, it's not honored to just, like, want. Mm-hmm. I know. It's really, God, that is so beautiful. And just, yeah, it got me thinking about a million thoughts. But, yeah, it's like Michael Brown says, like, the feminine is journey consciousness. And the, the masculine is destination consciousness. And once you take the destination off the table, just that feeling, like we could even just feel it right now, is like, what's the one? Like, I don't even know. It's so hard. See, it's so hard for me to do, like, as an individual because I get so trapped in the shame. But it's like, if you can just ask how Michael Brown says, if you can ask with your whole body something. And a lot of times it brings me to tears because, I, like my worthiness stuff comes up but um, yeah it's really interesting too because if you notice in a lot of like the relationships that I see heterosexual relationships that I see and you know is the woman does bring this whole level of like basically confusion <laughs> to the males and yet like the males I can tell that they're providing the males with like an outlet of an emotional body like they really want, um, they want that level of like interest and happiness. I mean, like the women can feel a lot more joy. Yeah, it's allowed. They've like opened up more. Yeah, yeah. It's like I, I think it's like the story of like, uh, you know, like women being too needy and it's it's just mm-hmm. so not the case. Like I feel like men are so needy to have access oh, to that. You know, yeah. and they're they're totally like, you know, it's it's confusing. And the, and a Kundalini Yoga, Yogi Bhajan, um, he says that that the woman will fluctuate and and the man should not try to stop this from happening. <laughs> and again, these are very like defined gender norms, but it's like right. the, there will be an aspect of every relationship that will fluctuate that we won't be able to pin down and make it concrete, and that's vulnerable. Yeah. And but it's in that that's like the opening and the space that we we get that that glimpse into like, you know, that love that is more transcendent in a in a partnership, but also more transcendent in like like ourselves and in the world of like what what is love that we like can't codify or even really talk about that well. Like what is what is it it's like grace? Like what holds us? just some like light topics here (laughs) wow yeah Um, and I think you know it's interesting even in just my own relationships part of that part of the shame of desiring has to do with like you know my partner wanting to make 
like short circuiting, like wanting to make everything that I desire like reality right now and not being okay with just the journey consciousness. The journey consciousness, I think, I think that's, I mean, it's, it's like what we're on. It's like who knows what's going to happen. You know, we can right. have as many ideas and as many goals as we want, yeah. but it's like we're always yeah. on it. But it's, it's more about like not being afraid of that and actually like starting to like embrace it. And I, I, I feel like this is like fourth wave feminism of like yes. how do we actually okay, yeah. honor the feminine in the way that we do business and in the way that we have mm-hmm. conversation and the way that we like see our own process. Um, totally. And instead and I, of trying to like so, be more empowered in the masculine world. Yeah. Yeah. I know we talked a lot about this too. And I always laugh when I think about this, it's like those power suits of like women wearing shoulder pads. It's like we can take off the shoulder pads. Yes. Um, yes. In the fourth wave. And it's like, yeah. And the men are ready too. I mean, there's all this research going on now about how like the masculine role is like there's not the manufacturing job and the men are feeling lost. It's like the men, I mean, I know even in my own relationship, it's like it's really hard for my partner. None of his, like, male friends are going to be like, let's get vulnerable. <laughs> you know, like they want, but they want to do, they want to grow too. Um, so, and also I think we're to a point now with the planet where, the completion consciousness, it's like we already have all the resources. We know they're there. We know we can blow everybody up if we wanted to. <laughs> we know we have enough to feed and clothe everyone. We don't, there's like nothing more that we need, um, you know, basics-wise. We just need to kind of explore the, the feminine of the journey and, um, and really allowing us as women to get into that thinking of desire dreaming up desire and not shutting it down before we can dream it up. And once we start dreaming it up, then investigate it. Because it's like, I feel like as a society, we have these base things of like, what do we want? We want more money. We want more food. We want bigger cars, bigger houses. And, and now I just feel like we're at a point, and this is happening with the younger generation, where it's like, no, actually, we don't even want a car. Like, we're happy to live in a city and walk and bike. You know, we want our health. We don't want all these all these things that are just clogging us up. Um, yeah, I, I so agree that I feel like the, the, our our generation is a lot about like unhaving, you know, or like moving in like a different direction that we see what what's really valuable is like space for for connection, connection with our environment, connection with each other, connection with ourselves, and that that is really what, um, that this, this stuff just gets in the way, which is so perfect because yeah. I really wanted to talk about um, Con Marie, which uh, we, we both have been doing. It's, it's this great book called The, uh, the Not Life-Changing Art of Tidying Up. Um, and it's, it's this uh, Japanese lady, uh, Marie, what's her last name, Marie? Kondo. Yeah, Marie Kondo. Yeah, and it's it's about like you take all of your items of a, of of your life, material goods, and you really like take a moment to like actually hold them physically close to you, like feeling them in your body, and just asking yourself if they bring you joy or not. And and from there, you get rid of everything that doesn't bring you joy, and you only surround yourself with the things that do. And I've been doing this uh, over the past month, and um, and I've just I've gotten rid of so much stuff, and it's it's really, really, really hard to let go. Like, I'm amazed by how, like, the depth of, of holding on and the, the fear that it brings up of, like, 
not being able to make the right choice about really brings me joy or, you know, letting go of, like, a, a memory or feeling like value. an attachment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like somebody gave me something that had value and now I'm going to give it away because I didn't like it. Again, like the kind of like ungrateful, like my desire yeah. is not as important Shame. as somebody else's mm-hmm. feeling. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Keep going, keep going. Oh, well, it's and just like what happens though is once I actually like drive to the Goodwill and drop this stuff off and I get home and I see the space it opens, it's like, oh, I feel like just like so much more space to like be with my thoughts and just simplicity of life and I'm not I'm not like weighed down by things and, and she says in the book how like life changing this is that like people really like they change their jobs and their relationships and it's like you can't go back to your old way of life once you change your environment that much so it's, it's I, I like being able to ground all of this like in the tangible like these are some practices we can actually start to do like can you can you start to let go of the things in your life um, be it material things or the habits or the relationships that like don't give you the space to be, like, open and, and vulnerable and, and, like, like beautiful in that. Yeah, yeah. And I know, you know, the Kamari thing is so incredibly beautiful because the first step and the thing that's so amazing about her process, which isn't, like, a top-down, like, this is what, like, you should not think you need more than one wine opener. Her whole thing is, like, you can keep whatever brings you joy. And, like, I always have to remind myself before I go into, like, an overly stuffed closet or something, like, I can keep whatever brings me joy. <laughs> this is up to me. <laughs> um, because it kind of gets around that rebellious part of us of like that one step forward and keep them be in charge or something. And so it's like really it's the same thing as the desire. It's like we have to come in and be like, we are worthy of joy. Like we are here to experience joy. And we don't experience joy by keeping a bunch of like ratty old clothes in our closet. That's doing anything for anyone. Um, and then we have to tap in, like connect. We have to tap in and be like, feel, our, feel the things around us and see if they bring us joy or not. And really it's in that connecting with ourselves, our higher self, that we're unlocking that. I mean, that's where the life-changing things come in. Is I know this, happened, this has happened in both of our lives. It's like, if these situations aren't bringing me joy, these habits aren't bringing me joy, these relationships aren't bringing me joy, and I can let them go. <laughs> and it's easier said than done. Because you've been saying that. I'm like, sometimes it's hard, but it is really hard. And I can have grief about it. Yes, like all your feelings are totally okay. And I've, I've still learned this from you, Lindsay. It's just like, you said this, it's like about setting with your kids, like setting boundaries. And like the boundaries are really important. And then every emotion that arises around the boundary is totally fine. It's totally fine. And I, it's, I think that this is one of the most empowering things of being, you know, a burgeoning conscious mama is really like the karma that you burn through by having someone scream, normally like a two or a four-year-old scream in your face when you set like a very healthy, loving boundary. Um, and just breathing through someone screaming in your face, it gives you a lot of practice for being in the world <laughs> and having, and, you know, an adult, they look very different. But um, you get really comfortable with people screaming in your face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> How did it do that? And, you know, like I, I, I wrote about this a little bit in my newsletter, but, like, it's at it's the end of that, the weekend where I cleaned out my closet, which was really emotional for me. And um, I, I was spending some time with the person I was dating. And um, 
it, there were some red flags that were coming up of like it, it not being like a, a safe place to like invest a lot more emotion. But in the past, I think because I like the desire to be like loved or accepted was so strong that I would just override all those feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like after you know doing this with like my dresses, you know, holding them, and it, like when I was like close to him, I was like, wow, I was like this person isn't bringing me joy as a person's bringing me anxiety in my life you know and is it is it worth whatever like morsel of like affection he throws my way and and it was like such a clear like no you know that like like I gotta get out of here like and it was and, and he was disappointed and and like in the past I feel like I would have you know like pulled back and like made him feel better and, and for me that sort of is like equivalent of like maybe a kid screaming in my face with like somebody who's a, a affection I want being disappointed in me and yeah. And it's so yeah, many. You want to give them like the Yeah, yeah, completely. Yeah, and just the shame of like you know backing away in that situation. And I, I really had to feel a lot of feelings, but it was like it was felt like just such a huge breakthrough that happened from there. Of like, oh, I just I don't have to do this. Yeah, and it's not even serving him. Like with my kids, it's so easy because it's like, I know you know you want to see it later, or you want the dessert or whatever, and allow them the one thing. Like, yeah, that would be really fun. And then allow them to just, like, grief of, like, oh, I can't get what I want right now. And, you know, so for, like, your partner, it's, like, you could, well, if the thing is for you, it's, like, if you, you know, broke off a piece of yourself, it would it would harm you. Um, and it would ultimately harm him because, like, he doesn't want to, you know, you can't, it's, like, enabling. And it's, like, as women, we so often enable um, and I noticed that even with other parents, it's really hard for parents to set boundaries with their kids. And a lot of times, I mean, this is where I think like childhood obesity comes in and stuff. It's like, it's easier. Like we just want them to be happy and we want to give in to the things because we're not used to having people be disappointed or uncomfortable around us. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, like, my dog is, like, two pounds overweight, and I, like, still giving him lots of treats because I, I don't want him to be sad for not getting a treat. And I'm like, what is going on here? But I'm like, oh, it is that need. The, the love space is so vulnerable to love another being. And I'm not a mother, but I can only imagine how vulnerable that space must feel. Um, and it's, like, I think within that to, like, how do we, how do we really love with boundaries not, and, you know, and I think this is a cool thing about self-care for a lot of women that we feel like, like which, and I mean self-care meaning like setting boundaries for yourself to, to not indulge uh, like draining hurtful activities in your life, not so much about like, getting the massage, even though the massage is nice too, but like, so it's like setting these boundaries up that like, that if we can, if we're people pleasers or if we're, if we really care about the people around us, then we can really start to think about the effect that like our actions have on the relationships around us. And especially as like a mother, that you're, you know, by, by setting this boundary, even though it means feeling this intense vulnerability of not being able to make this being that you love so much so happy, that you're actually teaching them how to do the same thing. That like, that's powerful. It's so powerful. You're teaching them how to do the same thing. I'm modeling it. I mean, there's a million things that I could say about this. But also, they're actually, what they actually want, this is just like with us, with the desire thing. It's like we don't really want, like, you know, a pile of money or all these new, you know, bigger cars, bigger houses, all these things. It's like we actually want the connection. And it's like really by being with them, with all of their emotions in that space, 
that's, they actually got the connection from us. Um, but we obviously have to, and this is where the self-care comes in, we obviously have to be connected to ourselves to be able to open up that like emotional space with them. And that's why I think a lot of times people just go for the chocolate or the toys or whatever because it's just easier. People just aren't connected enough. It's, it's a practice that we're just learning how to do. But just to kind of ground in the Kanmari stuff, I think it's all right there in the Kanmari in that you feel the things, you feel your joy, you feel your vibration with the things. And then the other thing is, is she said you can thank the things for their service. Like it's not that the things were bad or that the earlier you was bad. You don't have to like beat them up. Um, and then you just send them on their way. And you know what's funny? What happened with me is like once I started stuff that was bad, that I was, it wasn't bringing me joy, it went really fast sometimes. Like I'd be like, get it out, get it out, get it out. <laughs> like just how you said, you know, like it was like those bags of clothes underneath my bed. I was done. <laughs> yeah, just that, that like layer of skin, just like get it off. Like it's, it's get it off, get it off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. the interesting thing is how you do Kanmari. I mean, the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. Like it gives you really good insight into your life. Like, for me, it's really hard to start, you know, and that's, like, my whole pattern in my life. Like, I know all this stuff. I know I'll be better, but it's really hard to start. Mm. Did you feel, like, any of your patterns? Oh, completely. I, like, didn't trust that I would feel joy. It was, like, a lot of, like, learning to just trust that, like, my emotion was valid. And and then it was, like, the depth of how hard it is to let go. And that's the same thing. It's, like, I... I like I see the potential in everything, you know, and I think I think I was like raised in a way where I was taught that like everyone I had to check in with everyone else first before mm-hmm. I got to figure out how I was feeling, and that's where it's been this huge reversal of things. It's like nope, starts here, you know, and it's it's wonderful that I get to like the layers of all this work are so powerful, and I think we see this like in the in the ten week class uh, as we go through it too. It's like people come in feeling like, oh, I want, you know, I want to, I'm stressed out, you know, like the, the layers are so sort of like physical, like, um, you know, have this extra body weight or I'm stressed out or I'm not sleeping well mm-hmm. or I'm in this pattern of destructive relationships. But then like the work so quickly becomes about, you know, like really looking at like how we contribute to that process and what are our stories, mm-hmm. you know, about like, am I, am I addicted mm-hmm. to being the victim? Am I like totally resistant to like trusting myself in these things? And mm-hmm. it's like once, we get down to the roots of it all. It's it's like I don't feel like it's that hard to actually make a change, but it, it takes this like willingness to be really vulnerable with ourselves and like be in in that uh, that mm-hmm. shaky space mm-hmm. of just like being in relationship with ourselves, which is you know that it's a hard thing to do. <laughs> yeah, but it's just like you say, it's like getting down to like the causal layers. It's like Brene Brown says, like everyone know we all know to eat fruits and vegetables. <laughs> we all know not to drink too much wine and, like, stare at our phones for, like, 18 hours a day. <laughs> and it's, like, when you're faced with those habit changes, it was so funny for me even in the course, like, the first week, like, just looking at my feelings that came up around it. Yeah. How did you feel? I felt pissed. <laughs> I was like, oh, now Gracie's going to tell me to eat an earlier dinner. 
who does she think she is? <laughs> and it's like yeah. then, then it's like the shame of like, well, women can't feel anger. Like definitely can't be feeling any anger. So normally, you know, we would just shut that down and not go any deeper and like quit the course and write Gracie a nasty email about like, this course is not for me. But um, if we can go deeper, you know, and feel like for me, it's always grief. Like once I get past the anger, once I get past the overwhelm, once I get past the frustration, there's like grief and fear of like, I can't have the life that I want. And I don't know how to get there. And then it's like if you have the support structure, which is why, you know, we talked about a lot of like the tribe. It's like you can share, like this would be a great place where I'd call you up and tell you that. And you'd be like, Lindsay, it's ridiculous. Move your dinner forward 15 minutes. You can do this. (laughs) Like the small things happen in small steps. It's so, so true. They happen in small steps where we feel held and, and connected. And, and connected. And, like, it's, it's so huge in, in this, like, group coaching work, too, is just to, like, have a place where you know that another group of women are, like, completely supporting you and, and like, for your highest self. Um, and that you can go and there's a space where we can be, you know, but messy, it's okay, and uh, you know it's. I think and it's, it's all the same stuff. Like everyone's got all the same stuff. Yeah, <laughs> like the I first hear this thing all the that time. came out, which was like, well, I can't because, and it was like, you know, I have two small children, and a big story of mine is like, well, I can't because I have two small children, and then all the other women that got on the call were in PhD programs, they're working with these ex organizations, or losing their job, and it was like. Oh, everybody's got their stuff that's going on. Like, I don't just exist by myself. Yeah, yes, that's that's the beauty. That once we start to see that, like, we're not alone, then our shame isn't so shameful, and then we can actually move forward into like a life that that is joyful. You know, not perfect, definitely not perfect, but it's it's connected and it's joyful and it's opening. It's um, more hard. It's a wholehearted life. It's a beautiful thing. It's it's vulnerable. It's a beautiful like thing. Just, yeah, and it's the life yeah. that you're actually living, like not planning on living. Like once my kids are out of the house and once I get this PhD, once I'm done with this big project, then I'll start living. Once I have a million dollars, once I am thin, once I this, da, da, da. And it's like, no, I'm worthy now. This mm. is the moment now. If it if we can't make that decision, like if we're not worthy now, we're never gonna be worthy. We're never gonna get it right. I'm never gonna get it right. Yeah, yeah we're never. And there is no right. It's just a journey. There's nowhere to go. Totally liberating. Really liberating, and really vulnerable. And provides so much space for connection within that, which is what, so much space. what we want. Yeah. I mean, I can feel it like, right now on this conversation, like toes to crown, like portals. <laughs> I hope I hope everyone who's listening is feeling it too, and, and I hope that this is has been a good um, just a reminder that uh, that that voice in our head that that tells us we just need to like 
lose the five pounds and get it together and, you know, get the promotion, like, that, that that's not really the voice of our heart and that, like, you know. So you can, maybe the challenge for everyone is, you know, the next time that you are feeling isolated and, and those, like, icky feelings rising up that, like, instead of um, drawing away from life, just to go a little bit more boldly into it, that, like, knowing that you deserve to to have a life that feels joyful and it's okay to desire that and not know how to get there and, and that the really the way the way to it is through it. So it's like whatever rises is like totally intelligent and that, that reaching out to somebody else and just sharing it will probably help you a lot. Um, did, did I get most of the key points there? Is there anything else? No, yeah, yeah. It's so funny how, and we always say this, like it seems so simple when you talk about it, and it is simple. I mean, the emotional work is really challenging, and especially when it's unfamiliar. And I guess the only thing that I would add is, like, tears are really therapeutic. Yes. Yes, they are. (sighs) Yeah. Okay, well, so with that, I'm going to take us out on a story here, which is, you know, lest we romanticize, like, our relationship as being perfect, like, when... I was in college, we were both in college, um, we went to Berlin, and we lived in Berlin together for a month, and, you know, when you're traveling with a friend, it's like, we had, like, such, like, wonderful times together, and then it was just the stress of, like, living in a new country and going to this funny German school, it just got to us after a while, and we we were at um, Checkpoint Charlie, which is, like, we're east and west Berlin, it was, like, the place where people, like, had to be shuttled through. And we just got in, like, the biggest fight, like, screaming fight, like, in front of tourists. Like, it was so hot. I remember that. We were just, like, in a doorway just, like, screaming at each other. <laughs> and um, and it, it, was so, it was so opening and liberating, actually, you know. To, and it, we, really we said opening. afterwards. Yeah. You know. Oh, God, we said afterwards. Well, it's funny because even in that fight, I remember thinking, like, I, I'm good at fighting. And, like really nasty, mean fighting. And I remember even in that fighting, like, you were so open. Like, I'd, like, say something really cutting just to, like, piss you off, and you'd be like, I hear that. Yeah, and, yeah, you might be right. <laughs> like, even in the time, like, there was a part of me that was, it was, like, the angel and the devil. I was like, you were being so mean to your dear, sweet, loving, like, open-hearted friend. <laughs> I remember being kind of mean back. I, I, feel, I remember there was, there was feelings like I mean I love that representation of me as being the angel but yeah but it's, it's, I think that it's it's okay to like feel these feelings it's okay to be angry it's okay to express that in a safe way it's you know that all again it's like the boundaries are the important thing and the feelings will just come up around them so um, I thank you for being my friend and letting me feel all kinds of feelings in your presence and uh, I hope I hope this conversation has been helpful um, and let me know. You can um, write me at selfcarewithgracie at gmail.com or check out uh, my website. It's www.selfcarewithgracie.com. Um, so thank you so much, Lindsay. I love you. Thanks for being my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. All right. I'll talk to you soon, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Hi, this is Gracie with Beautiful Life Self-Care. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I hope you learned something new. If you want to connect more, then visit me at selfcarewithgracie.com. 
there you can sign up for my weekly newsletter where on Wednesday afternoons I'll send you more self-care practices, more inspiration, and more opportunity to connect to a community of people who really care about really good self-care. Also write me if you have any other questions or if you have ideas for future shows. My email address is selfcarewithgracie at gmail.com. Thanks a lot. And remember, keep putting yourself first and everything else will fall into place. Mm -hmm.